0: Today on the Zabecast, why sit on my ass watching the Combine and just guessing wildly as to which quarterbacks might be any good next year? Why not find an expert or something close? I did, and you'll hear from a guy who threw D1 missiles himself and has coached many of these young men. All of that today, plus you will not believe who is now a paid subscriber to the Zabe cast. Bonus 1% me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. <laughs> Here we go. Monday, March 4, 2019. Thank you for downloading. Today we have essentially a wing joint confidential Although it's just me and a guy you're going to meet in just a minute. It's not a four-person free-for-all. And even though it was a bit loud in that particular wing joint I went to, it turned out pretty good audio-wise. I think you'll be satisfied with the audio. And I apologize. I picked this restaurant thinking it'll be kind of quiet on a Saturday at noon. But no, lo and behold, we hooked into some sort of youth sports awards lunch. And so there were lots and lots of screaming kids. But I think you'll uh, I think you'll enjoy it just fine. before we get to that, Twitter is the worst. I know. Go ahead groan. How many times do I have to hear this just quit just quit it, Zabe. Stop complaining and quit. I can't quit Twitter. I mean I could. But I don't want to, because here's the thing. Too many people see it as real currency. And the fact that I have what I consider to be a modest 53,000 followers or thereabouts, um, that is helpful to me in certain ways. It makes me a little bit more than just a schmuck. It gives me no real power. I make zero dollars and zero cents off of Twitter, but at least I'm a little bit further up there than some other schmucks out there in the media. And I don't give a shit about it, but other people might, including people who could be in charge of hiring, who could be in charge of giving me access to someone or something. They look at these numbers and they buy into them. It's the most insane thing ever, but it's the world we live in. That said, I do need to get better at just making sure I'm using Twitter, that it's working for me as much as possible and not the other way around. There is an excellent piece on the website, Quillette, Q-U-I-L-L-E-T-T-E, like Quill of a pen, Quillette.com. And the title of the piece is called Twitter's micro-slavery. Powerful word. Exaggerating a little bit? I don't know. This writer, Alec Cameron Oral, does an incredible job of paralleling mental slavery. You know, he compares Twitter to mental slavery. And before you judge... Just read it and get back to me. It's called Twitter's Micro Slavery. Alec with a C, Cameron Orell on Quillette.com. In the piece, and there is so many things I was highlighting, I said, Well, I'm not going to read all these. It'll get tedious on the podcast, but let me just read one juicy paragraph. He writes to say today, Twitter is stands as the premier destination for anyone with a particular accusation or just an accusatory grudge against his society and fellow man. Let me pause right there. In the piece, he talks about how Twitter and all social media is engineered and designed, including Facebook, to gin up emotions to stir quote engagement because a disinterested or dispassionate user of Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, etc., is not a very lucrative one for the tech giants in Silicon Valley. They want you angry, they want you jealous. They want you to use, as this writer says, your lizard brain to be fearful, scared, angry, and just yeah, then you keep going for that engagement and it builds their numbers and they sell ads off of it and everything else. Okay. So he says that Twitter is the premier destination for anyone with a particular accusation or an accusatory grudge against society. I saw a tweet from Rob Domofsky who covers the Green Bay Packers. And I think I've had him on the show once or twice. And I. I believe I like him and I believe he does a good job of covering the Packers and the NFL. But this tweet he sent out was so enragingly stupid. It just, it got me to rethink and everything. And I was like, really? This guy thinks that way? Basically, Rob pointed out that he was in an airport and heard some American presumably redneck, he didn't call him a redneck, but heard someone say um, uh, $3 for a Coke, lick my crack. Because he didn't want to pay 3 bucks at the airport for a soda. 3 bucks for a soda? Lick my crack. And then proceeded, the same guy who said that, to mock someone else and their foreign accent. And Mr. Demosky ended the tweet by saying, this is why the rest of the world hates America. Anecdote plus wild generalization. Peacock your feathers of righteousness and just cup your hand to your ear and wait for the digital applause. Oh, you're so right. You're so right. We're the worst. Luckily, many people jumped in to go, so, this is one person. Do you not know that other people in other countries are also rude and also maybe mocking us in their native tongues behind our back? And why does this one incident negate all the other acts of kindness that might be exhibited or put forth by Americans? Oh, I saw an American wheeling a elderly woman who couldn't speak English down the entire gate concourse. And it was a wonderful moment. It's just an anecdote. Anyhow, the problem for me with Twitter is that I couldn't then just move on from this. I got pissed off, which is what they want. Got pissed off at Mr. Damoski. And I was like, now, now, okay, because I'm pissed off, I'm like, what are you doing? You're just trying to, you know, perpetuate a stereotype about Americans all being stupid. Hey, man, you got a funny accent. So I'm reading the responses, and I'm finding that a number of people agree with me. Like, that's a stupid tweet. And I'm like, yeah, give it to him, give it to him. Kept reading, kept scrolling, kept scrolling. Before you know it, I'm turning around. Go, what am I? See? I wasted my time on this for let me continue with the paragraph on twitter the jealous resentful cruel bored cowardly oversensitive manipulative suggestible destructive and mentally ill find their anti-paradise a rich valley of hinnom i don't know what that is H-I-N-N-O-M, in which to whip up or join in fear-juiced lynch mobs so they can all get their collective fix watching some unfortunate burn. Those who used to pack around the executioner's stake now just reach into their pockets and tap the little blue bird. Twitter is the epitome of sadness and banality, a virtual prison packed with inmates abusing each other to display dominance and to ease their Jones. (laughs) That is some fantastic prose right there, Mr. Oral. I recommend you read the whole piece because it lays out and, and draws parallels in multiple different ways in which you have to say to yourself, he's right. So I must reaffirm for myself a recommitment to make sure I am using Twitter only in my best interests and only for promotional purposes, and I don't give a shit what people say about me on Twitter. Or if I start using Twitter more as just a, hey, there's a new blog post up, here's what it is, hey, here's a new podcast up, here's what's in it. Hey, I'm going to be at this restaurant for my local show. Come on by and say hello. I'm going to not give a shit if someone re- responds, not a lot of funny jokes on here lately. Oh, I guess this is how your Twitter feed's going to be all. Just self-promoting stuff. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Then there was another tweet from another guy who I like well enough. And he's a football writer. I won't name him. But he did one of those things where he puts a period after every word as if to lecture you on Twitter. This, period, sentence, period, is, period, the, period, smartest, period, thing, period, you'll You'll read all day, period, 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 period. The point he was making, though, was about NFL players, he said to sports writers and media members, stop asking NFL players who might be smart and have diverse interests if they, quote, love the game of football enough. And that tweet pissed me off just because of the whole period thing and the arrogance upon which it was sort of delivered. It could have been delivered such as, I think too many times we fall into a trap of asking players who have other interests whether, they'll, whether they love football or not. We should keep an open mind. That would have come across as better. This was a sort of lecturing way to say, you people are dumb and you don't appreciate that there are many smart football players who have lives outside of the game. Problem is, and I did respond to him, Doug Farrar is his name. Uh, I don't care. I'm fine with Doug. I've had him on before. I did respond. I couldn't help it. I just said, well, the problem with most busts in the NFL is they share one common thread. And that is, they don't really love football that much. They may love the lifestyle. They may love the money. They may love the idea of it. They may be good at football, but they don't love it. Almost all busts share something along those lines, unless you are a drug addict or unless you are injured you can't play another tweet that got me just sort of riled up sitting there in the home theater watching games really not even watching the games that's another problem with twitter is that my attention span has gone completely to shit it's hard for me now don't laugh to sit and watch a sporting event with nothing in my hands and it's hard for me to just focus on the game. Hmm, okay. Cover that guy. Shoot. Oh, man, that's a foul. It's getting harder and harder. I need to de- detox big time. And with that, we segue into football talk for today. I met up with Paul Troth, T-R-O-T-H, who is an Elite 11 coach. And he's going to explain to you, if you don't fully understand, what the Elite 11 competition is all about. And we talk quarterbacks and football and a wide variety of things, including just ran through all the major quarterbacks expected to go first, second, third round and get his thoughts. We are here at the appropriately named Coach's Corner in Purcellville, Virginia. I have with me Paul Trough. T R O T H, yep. ECU Pirate quarterback for three years, Paul. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And one year at Liberty. Yeah, I'm a flame. I'm a flame. And now you are coaching at John Champ High School in nearby Aldi, Virginia. But more importantly, you have been with the Elite 11 quarterback competition for how many years now? Seven years. Seven years. And okay. then actually was a player, was an Elite 11 quarterback in 98. The first year that they started uh, second, Elite 11? Okay. Year, yeah. So give us the background on this Elite 11. I think a lot of fans are like, oh, yeah, I've heard of them, but right. I don't kind of know what it is. Uh,
1: so, easiest answer to start would be uh, it's American Idol for high school quarterbacks. Okay. I mean, it's a cult following. If you have a 15, 16, 17 year old quarterback in high school, if there's a good chance they know about it because it's a competition uh, put on by student sports. Um, Go student around. Sports is what? A student Sports Magazine is a just a high school publication online now, but used to be a magazine that would get the word out about high school athletes around the country. Uh, Andy Bark is its owner, and okay. he, it was kind of his baby. And then from his idea of exposing high school athletes around the country, he developed an idea just to say, hey, let's have a quarterback competition where we, we select the best 11 and we get them premier coaching, whether it's from Bob Johnson, uh, who was a legendary high school coach in California, and then it morphed into Steve Clarkson for a couple of years. But now it's it's head coach is Trent Dilfer, and we bring those kids in, and we try and go from 24 that we have selected from a bunch of regionals in the spring and whittle it down to 11 quarterbacks. Actually, twelve as I told you earlier. Right, um, and then we try and find. <laughs> you an guys individual. are like
0: the Big Ten. There's not actually ten teams correct. in the Big
1: Ten. Correct. It's
0: the Elite Eleven, but yeah. you take twelve. Yep, you got to take go bigger. Yeah. We got to have
1: two quarterbacks on our seven on seven
0: teams. Is uh, basically okay. how that went. So. All right, so so basically, and it's for rising seniors in high school, yeah, nationwide. So we, yep. and all these kids want to make the Elite Eleven, mm-hmm. and you guys are out there looking for correct the Elite Eleven. You have had through the Elite Eleven quarterback competition, just about everybody who is anybody yeah. in yeah. the pros, right? Yeah.
1: Whether they have come as a counselor while they've been in college,
0: so even Drew Brees, we,
1: we say he's Elite 11 because he was a counselor when I was uh, an Elite 11 quarterback.
0: Yeah, he didn't compete. That was right. before his time, but he right. was there as a counselor. Right. Okay. And so
1: there's a fraternity that has developed over the years where you know, we say, you know, 20 of the last 21 Heisman Trophy winners that are quarterbacks have been Elite 11 quarterbacks. You know? 20
0: of 21, who'd you miss? Oh, man. <laughs> Do you know the guy no, that you no, missed? No, not <laughs> the top of my head.
1: But then, thank goodness, like, guys have bailed us out like Tua and, uh, you know,
0: Tyler yeah. last year. Yeah, all right, so let's talk about the quarterbacks in this year's NFL yeah. draft, and it is the Saturday. We're here on a Saturday uh, where they're throwing today. Right. The quarterbacks are throwing. Right. Except Kyler Murray is not throwing. Yep. What do you make of that? I think
1: there's some merit to not throwing. I mean, Sam Darnold didn't throw last year. And uh, what's the worry about throwing
0: at the combine?
1: See, I actually think that some, not, some guys think it's, it's not a worry. It's I want you to see the real deal, the real show at my pro day. Now that's how they might spin it. Um, obviously, there are some guys that have worried in the past, and they're not, they're not, they're not comfortable.
0: But Haskins will throw today. Yeah,
1: Haskins will throw because I think lately with the Murray buzz, he wants to put everything to rest and say, "You guys forgot about me." And I, you know, my measurables are good, and I can right, fit right. the ball here and there. And and he's a competitor. Okay, you know, I think the Murray distractions with the measurables, the baseball or football. I think his camp would probably just like to control
0: something at some point and right. it'd be his pro day. What do you learn as a coach from a guy throwing at the combine? Everyone's in shorts. Right. Don't have helmets on. Correct. There's no defense. Like, what can you learn? I think you can
1: learn uh, their preparation. So, what have they been doing since December? Okay. You know, a lot of guys don't play under center. So, if they're exposed on a seven step drop, that's something they could have been working on for three months. Uh, I think at a combine, you're not used to certain receivers. So, okay. are, you, are you adaptable? I think the whole league is how can you adapt? Right. right, and if you can create a situation where they have to adapt in, in a short amount of time, then I think you can whittle it down to who who you would
0: like to have is running your your team. One thing about the combine I never fully grasped was, do they have a actual metric for arm strength? Because they always talk about he's got plus arm strength, right. average, right. not quite. How do you? Why don't they have a test to
1: measure it? I I, I don't. I don't necessarily think you could because it, what you would. Why don't you get a, a radar gun? Yeah. Why don't yeah. you say, why don't you say throw it as far as you can? Well, throw, or it, is that yeah, not... throw it as far as you can. I I mean, we can chart the plays last year, but I guarantee you most 65, 75% of the plays are only 35 yard throws.
0: So that doesn't really matter.
1: No. Okay. No, but anticipatory throws. There's okay. some, I would argue there's not enough of that at the combine. You're not, they're not ever throwing through windows. They're not making them throw over, layer balls over defenders. I would much rather see them. Is there a way to
0: simulate that?
1: I think you could only put, you know, stand up, you know, targets that they're not throwing
0: at, but they're layering balls over. Um, what about that goofy uh, obstacle course at the, uh, at Pro, the Bowl? Pro Bowl? Is that useful at all? Would it be useful no, at all? No, no, <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> You don't want to turn into like a circus. But okay. ob- maybe it is already. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so, so when it comes to arm strength, arm strength is important, but it's not the end-all be-all. No. Nope. And it depends on what situations you use that arm yes, strength.
1: Yes, I would say extending plays and maintaining arm strength Would be much more valuable than standing in the pocket and throwing at 70. I mean, you look at Mahomes, a lot of his plays, a lot of his wow plays are out of the pocket and the ball is 60 plus yards. Right. That's, you can't coach that. You know, that's just God put his hand on you. And to the point where if you're extending plays and your arm strength is good, yeah. Was Mahomes elite 11? Unfortunately no in terms of he wasn't picked and he wasn't a counselor. So I really? don't know if we can claim him. But he did work with How'd you miss him? we probably playing baseball in the spring, man. He's right. <laughs> which I encourage by the way. I, I think when you start to look at the best quarterbacks over the past years, it's the multi sport athletes.
0: Well, especially so so Mahomes did play baseball like his dad at yeah. a high level.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he in, oh, he didn't play in
0: college. Okay, but I don't he played in high him, school. I think okay. he got drafted, or right. definitely probably got drafted. But okay. yeah, high school. So you got Russell Wilson, yeah, Mahomes, yep. and now Kyler Murray. Right. That baseball football combo for a quarterback seems like a pretty good one.
1: Yep, and Drew Locke, who could have played at Kansas State and a bunch of Big Twelve schools for basketball. That's okay. that's why he's my. Favorite.
0: Okay, we're going to go through
1: all the guys here in just a second. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, so Kyler Murray is not going to throw, but he will have a pro day in which he will throw.
1: Okay. Right. Yes. Yes.
0: He's going to. And when when he does, what are they going to see?
1: They're going to see him. Showing you his best throws. Hopefully he has a guy. Now, the question is, who's running his pro day? Like, you know, I know Drew Locke and Jared Sidham have Jordan Palmer. Dwayne Haskins has Quincy Avery. Jordan
0: Palmer, the former. Yeah, former Redskins. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He used to tell me he used to hunt after practice in the deer stand out by the practice field. So,
0: out there. We got plenty of deer for him to hunt. Yeah. Uh,
1: But I, I think Kyler is, I saw him working out with Antonio Brown and his dad is running his pro, running his training so really? his dad's a, uh, a famous high school quarterback college quarterback and he's kind of like this you know who Kyler Murray's dad is he, yeah he played at a and and he coaches quarterbacks also in that state but that'll be heard, I've
0: heard some people say that oh Kyler Murray's dad's very involved and Robert Griffin III had a dad who was very involved the only difference is Robert Griffin's dad had no athletic background Correct. or pedigree Correct. And I Murray's, don't think he no. was Robert's best interest. advocate no. and best interest all no. the time. And,
1: and Kyler, Kyler Murray, there have been issues in the past of high school, and you know you're going to deal with Kyler and his dad. And, I mean, the, the Dan Patrick meltdown—that was the evident. Dan Patrick interview with Kyler yeah. Murray.
0: Was that a big deal to you that he was not able to at least dance around whether he'd play football or baseball?
1: Yeah, I think I think either that's bad on his part for not have prepped for the interview. Or it's bad on his part from having a bad camp, not giving him the right information to saying,
0: "Here's what you're gonna say," because yeah. the first thing he's gonna ask is, right. "What are you playing? Baseball right. or football?" Right? Are you worried? Would you be worried about him in that he was straddling the fence? That literally up until this year, he was ticketed to play baseball. Correct. Period. I don't think I don't think he's straddling the fence now. now. No, not now.
1: But there hasn't had any adversity. There's there hasn't been a bump in the road. Everything's been awesome. So. We don't know, like, we don't have an, uh, uh, anything to draw back on at Oklahoma where he struggled, or let's say he went through a four-game stretch where he was awful, and he's like, yeah, i got to come back from my been junior year or go right. play baseball. I, the kid's so talented, he's he's avoided really any setbacks and struggle, so the question's going to be when he does struggle, week 12, when they're four and whatever, <laughs> right. and, you know, they're dogging on him, is he fully committed and that's the question you have to ask for a lot of these kids do they know how to own a playbook are they committed you know it's a 24-7 job as an yeah. NFL quarterback
0: how much if you're worried that Kyler Murray might be a product of an offense and Lincoln Riley that has now produced back-to-back Heisman Trophy winners yes and he is considered a very innovative incredible offensive mind how much do you worry that it's Lincoln Riley more than it is Kyler Murray.
1: So last year, I, I would have debates with friends of mine, and I would just say I am all in on Baker. About Matthew. Baker, okay. yeah. Because here's the deal: not only did the kid bet on himself once, he bet on himself twice. Baker did, yeah. 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 And I can see where he's had a setback, meaning he, he was got a tackled re- by a cop. He, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. That's yeah. that's a that's a setback yeah. and he was an all-star player in, in the state of Texas, and he didn't get a scholarship coming out of there, and there's a chip on his shoulder. Sure. The only, the only, I don't know of a setback for Kyler, but I do know of some chips, right? I mean, everybody's gonna knock his height, and he yeah. seems to have a chip on his shoulder with that, which he responds well to. But other, other than the height, he's never had an issue of being the best guy on the field. Now, are there outliers? Physically, yes, he is an outlier. Yeah. It's going to be a question of how can he handle adversity. So I have had experience with him when he was 18 years old. He handled adversity a certain way. He's not that way anymore. I don't know him, but maturity is a lot from 18 to yeah, 22. Yeah. So.
0: Does height, I mean, 5'10 is not terrible. At least Correct. it's 5'10. Correct. But does 3 inches, I don't know what 3 inches looks like. I don't understand how that could make that much of a difference See, 3 inches and
1: i i i love saying i don't care about height on a quarterback anymore and it's not and some people will say throwing lanes and some people will say you know it, you're you're in shotgun my argument would be if you go watch an nfl football game the guys that do it the best with the least amount around them are the guys that can throw from different arm angles and off platform like mahomes like mahomes who's all right? up and down yeah all up and down there's that baseball i mean both of those kids they have thrown turn two plays. They've thrown deep in the hole on, on shortstop. So they can throw from different arm angles. And that's where I don't worry about Kyler. And, and honestly, it's 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 the age old question. If he gets out of the pocket, is anybody going to catch him?
0: Right. Right. Would you worry more about body type? Because some guys, like RG3, was right. described as having a sprinter's body. Correct. And, and And thinner, you know, longer legs. And guys like Russell Wilson are stockier right. and they're – they, they run fast but more choppy.
1: Yeah. So my, my boss, Trent Dilfer, he, he has a, a phrase, thick-jointed guys. Like thick-jointed. He, yeah, thick-jointed. He likes... Is there a joint measurement yeah, day he, in the yeah. combine? <laughs> thick-jointed guys, guys with big knees and big, big wrists and big hands. Right. Kyler has that. Baker Mayfield has that. Lamar Jackson doesn't have that. Right. He is not thick-jointed. And I would argue that Kyler's body is a lot more prepared – than take the punishment to take the punishment yeah. probably than Lamar but Lamar is I would say I mean are they better run I don't know
0: I, they're different runners like Kyler right. looks like a jitterbug Lamar is just gliding you know
1: um,
0: Kyler Murray is such a spectacular elusive runner I'm I'm very much looking forward to wherever he lands in the NFL right because it'll be a lot of fun yeah it will but you don't know. How quick does a player like that flip the switch from, I made my first read, and oh crap, the pocket is caving in, I'm just going to run? Because that's what I've done my whole career. So the
1: argument by us old dinosaurs who can't run like Kyler, and we sit around and we just are amazed, is how many quarterbacks that have won the Super Bowl have been running quarterbacks? I don't classify Russell Wilson as a running quarterback. He's is a he a ga- scrambling quarterback? He's a quarterback? scrambling, that extends plays okay. quarterback. But I don't know a the true last- true running yeah. quarterback. He's mean... running it 12, 15 right. times a game. Right, I mean, you might have to go back to saying, if Mike Vick ever had gotten to a Super Bowl, would he have been a running quarterback? Yeah. I, yes, but to the point where I'm arguing is, eventually you gotta make a throw on third and 10. Right. right? And I told you that before. Eventually, they're going to dial up the right defense. They're (laughs) going to have you contained. Third and
0: ten, got to make a throw. Can you do it? So that said, your general thoughts on Kyler Murray, how high do you think he will go, and do you think he's got a good shot to be great on Sundays? I think
1: he has the possibility of climbing all the way to one just based off of what the Cardinals did with their coaching staff. I don't think he's a number one pick because based off of some other things i've heard and i agree with some analysis that he wouldn't even be the third best
0: quarterback in last year's strike. right so but kingsbury I guess loves him loves him because he saw him right and yeah. that's the system in the yeah. league and if
1: you hire kingsbury you you're hiring a, a scheme right right um so i think he can be drafted pretty high i think he will be the first quarterback taken now, really? we, don't, we don't know what happens today with the, I haven't seen the throws, you know, and you <laughs> if, haven't if seen.
0: If Haskins kills a popcorn right. vendor with a bad throw, <laughs> yeah. then who knows where he's right. going to go.
1: And then he, who knows what happens with what the trades go out with free right, agency right. and all that. In regards to a true pro, I'm, I'm concerned, right? Because it goes back, how fully focused are you? Right. How much have you struggled? And are you in a position to, totally embrace what it means to be an NFL quarterback. I would argue that if those things are a concern, then you need to go with Haskins because he's he's eats, sleeps, breathes it. He's not necessarily always been the most talented kid athletically on the field, but he is the most talented arm in my opinion in this draft.
0: All right, let's talk Haskins. Okay. Best thing Haskins does is?
1: Place of the football. I mean, we're talking I need it here. He puts it
0: Front, shoulder back, Front shoulder, shoulder, back shoulder, high low, high low. In, is he a good anticipatory thrower? Yeah, he has okay. to be
1: because in the pocket, it, you know, the, the stats prove that you know when he's pressured at Ohio State, his completion percentage drops. Um, he's not the fastest guy, but he anticipates well. He he knows what he's seeing when he throws it. There's sometimes when you. <laughs> other guys are like i don't know how you saw that and that guy says yeah i don't know how i saw it either i just i he, felt it right and, it and came to me at yeah, a moment's there's notice a, there's a combo of just he's he's a death by a thousand cuts guy okay you know he
0: is gonna st- st- does he come to anybody because you know stephen a smith made the gaffe of saying i think he's more of a yeah, would, runner which right. he absolutely is not right in part because he's black Yep. Is he comp to, say, Byron Leftwich?
1: No, he's way better than Byron. Way better, he's, okay. He's twitchier than than Byron. Twitchier. I, I think that he comps to uh, Jared Goff. Okay. I think you could comp him to... Um,
0: by, like Athletic enough, but yeah. not fast. Correct. And okay. then what do we... I mean, we're
1: who just won the Super Bowl? Tom Brady. I mean, he's not anything close to being athletic, right? Okay. So, I would say if he's close to a Goff. I uh, I think he's way better than a Trubisky, you know, okay. in terms of throwing the football. Trubisky um, can run, probably he can a can run. More, he's yeah. thick, you know. Yeah. He can bang a little. Um, honestly, he's, he's probably a he's very similar. He's probably a better Kirk Cousins, in my opinion. Okay, you know, mentally, he is going to walk on the field and think he can throw it. Yeah, right. Where we thought, why wasn't Kirk taking that shot? Why was-
0: he he exploded Haskins this year, though, as the year went on. Right, like. I'm not sure if he didn't have the kind of back half of the season he had, if he'd be being talked about as the number one quarterback taken.
1: Right. right? And, and you are concerned. Is he a Mark Sanchez? Is he a uh, 14 game wonder? Because the, the stats come out and they do say they do support unless this kid's going to go and be developed. You, you throw him to the fire. A Geno Smith, uh, a Mark Sanchez, the, the amount of playing
0: football matters. It's just by osmosis, right? Like, I play enough football, I yeah. get better. All right, I've got four more names on the short list of QBs, uh-huh. and then if there's a couple that you want to include, yeah. we can do that as well. Okay. But the four I've got, and I don't know if this is going to be the sequence or not right. or how they're rated, but Drew Locke from Missouri, right. Daniel Jones from Duke, Ryan Finley from NC State, Will Greer from West Virginia. So, Who do you want to start of those four Next up, since we've talked Kyler Murray, right, we've right, talked right. Haskell.
1: So I think the most, the, the one that could probably be the closest to where the Redskins would get would be Drew Locke or Daniel Jones. I know more about Drew Locke, so let's talk about him. right, you. let's talk Drew Locke. So big kid, six, Big five. kid, yeah, big kid um, has come from a a environment where he's always had to compete and he embraces it but he's a dual sport athlete like he literally could have played in college as a starting college basketball player in the Big 12 really legit that athlete oh yeah like like they my buddy who trains him told me a story where literally every every game would start jump ball tip get it to Drew take a three from the corner it's going in <laughs> right now i'm going to go watch youtube highlights oh, right. of Drew Locke in high right. school and there there's a certain swagger about him that he he appreciates being underrated um, but he has the strongest arm in the draft. Okay, he's done more with his college career than either of those first two guys. Okay. Right, so you can back it up with the body of work, um, and he he can play that naked bootleg game and be a threat to run. You know, he's per- to me he's perfect for Jay's system.
0: Okay, you know. But what's the downside on Drew Locke? There's always a but.
1: He's a little risky with the football. You know, he, he he's a gunslinger. Jay Cutler
0: risky? Not that risky. Nobody's Not, that risky. No, no, nobody's that risky. Uh, uh, Rex Grossman was Jay Cutler yeah, risky. Yeah.
1: Um, and I, I would also maybe think, you know, Drew Locke hasn't had a lot of setbacks in his career either. You know, Joe. I don't know when he's struggled. But, again, he's just always been the most talented kid on the field. And, so, of the next four guys you like, lock the most yeah, over Jones, in terms of the, in terms of Finley, guys, Greer, yeah, in terms of guys who I think others. you're going to yeah. go in the first round. Okay. All you right. know, Daniel Jones is obviously climbing. And All right, he's so like,
0: let's, let's talk Daniel Jones. Yeah. Cutcliffe also, guy. big guy. Yeah. And uh, what does Cut Cutcliffe do well developing quarterbacks?
1: His quarterbacks know the why behind a play, and they know. When and where to take their shots, and how to protect their coordinators. That is protect a, their coordinator. Protect your coordinator. Explain that one to me. <laughs> if I call a give me, shot, give me play. a play call. Uh, so let's just say we're going, you know, double post inside the twenty-five. It's a touchdown check-down rule. Okay. If you got the touchdown, take it. Right. Otherwise, otherwise, check the ball down. Right. Okay. Give me another. Give me another down to play another game. Right. All right. He will, he, Cutcliffe's guys know how to do that. That's the same reason why people get frustrated with Eli Manning, right? Think about it. He takes his shots, but he takes his sacks, right? And there's merit to that, right? It's not flashy, but at least I'm protected as a play caller, and I know we're going to have the football. And that's the why of a play. Correct. Okay. Correct. The why is, okay, this is why we're calling. Why are we running this play, and what are your priorities on the play? Yep. So, and, and people call it different He's a game manager, or he. There's nothing wrong with that, right? But they're they're going to be fundamentally developed. They're going to know football, and they're going to know how to protect their coordinators. So, Cutcliffe guys is that's kind of how I define them.
0: All right. What about Ryan Finley at NC State?
1: I don't know too much about him other than I know he transferred from Boise. So you could you could refer to that as a, a struggle. Um, he responded well. I thought he maybe should have came out last year. Okay. You know, I thought he's one of those guys where. He fits the old mold of he's big, he's strong. Um, He's athletic enough from the film that I saw to to deliver off-platform and get out of the pocket, but he's not going to wow you running the football. Um, Accuracy could probably improve upon, um, but I don't know a ton about Ryan uh, other than big, strong kid, fits the Daniel Jones mold, and old-school quarterback. How about Will Greer? So, Will, Will and I, you know, we have a personal relationship. We're from the same hometown. Um, I've had an opportunity to work him out. If he, if, if, we, if the Redskins are second round, third round, they need a guy, he's yeah. another guy that can fit in Jay's system of doing exactly what he needs to do. He can, he can go bootleg, he can go naked, he can get outside, throw off-platform, his arm's strong enough to, to, to pier- have those piercing throws. Okay. The thing about Will is, not, this is this is all he's got left in, in a sense that he's married, he has a young child. He, football means more to him at this moment. Is that a positive? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean. He's committed. It's, it it's either means, this or selling insurance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because he's already had a setback. He already got in trouble at Florida, right? There's not a really any more room to – I'm not a kid anymore. Right. right. This, is a, this is a business. And, and the last time I talked with him – that's the vibe that I got. It's like, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for my senior year at West Virginia, but I'm, i gotta get, i got to start making some money. i got to start providing for my family. And in terms of being starry-eyed and awestruck, he's just not that kid because if anybody knows who Will Greer is, his brothers are more famous than him. They're Internet superstars. Right. Nash, yeah, Nash Greer is like, I don't know, it's some crazy following he has on the Internet. That
0: is the weirdest thing. Right. Right. They're
1: internet stars. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and not athletes. And that's
1: the nature. It's crazy that that's the nature of the sports world we're dealing with now, right? <laughs> exactly. It's
0: crazy. All right. What about. Okay. We got a couple of uh, legacy kids. Right. Kyle Shermer from Vanderbilt. Yep. Pat Jordan. Big joints, son. And then we got Brett Rippen. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Mark Rippon's
1: nephew. He's right? his nephew. Yeah. And he is. I would say ripping could you could fit him in the mold of he's going to know exactly what to do with the football as well. Uh, he's already been around it, exposed to it, whether it's through his uncle. Um, Boise State's a solid program. Um, the things that I've heard about Brett are extremely accurate. Um, you're gonna you're concerned with you know his competition, his level of competition in the whack, but size fits the mold. You know he would be another guy in the third or fourth round that if he's there and you want him and you like him more than Greer or you like him more than the other guys, he's good. Is yeah. he better than John, J- Josh Johnson? Obviously, he's younger, but is he better? Um, I think um, Shermer is an interesting story because we wanted to take him in the top 24 when he was coming out. He just wasn't – he was like a newborn Colt, but you okay. could tell he was going to be that thick body kid, thick joints, big hands. Uh, Dilfer loved him. Yep. And it was the hardest decision because we had to tell Shermer, hey, he just he, he, didn't, he didn't make the cut. yeah but there's merit to being that guy that's been around pro football. right? Sure, there's merit to that. Yeah, it's, it doesn't hurt. That's you don't have sure. to learn how to be in a meeting room. You don't have to learn what the head coach is thinking. You don't know, you don't have to figure out hard life lessons of this is a
0: business. I bet if you're a kid who's been around pro football, just seeing other players work out, correct, makes an impression on you. Correct, how hard they work out, how often they work out, how early they work out. Yep. Film study, it just it sinks in more. I think if you go, wow, this is what big league sports yeah. is all about. And it's the terminology, right? It's it's you're not going to be
1: confused on when you hear flanker drive. You're not going to you know when you hear flanker drive, you're understanding exactly where that. Well,
0: you're probably now these kids today. I'm betting are in their dad's iPads. Yeah. looking at plays, yeah. am I right? I would guess. Or film. I would guess because it's so easily accessible. Yeah. yeah, and kids all, you know, nowadays kids are always on their iPads. They're doing that and they're also, you know, doing social media stuff. Yep. Okay, let me uh, let me ask this about quarterbacks. Okay. Are comps, meaning I think this player looks like that player who was good in the NFL Correct. or maybe he looks like this player who was bad in the NFL, are those useful, or are those, in your mind, as a coach, a waste of time? Like, if I want to squint and right. see Russell Wilson in and, Kyler uh, Murray, yeah. is that a mistake?
1: Yeah, because I think you're gonna you're 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 negating each of them's uniqueness, okay. right? I think it's it's hard not to do, right? We do it with a lot. We do yeah. it with our we do it with our own kids, right? Yeah. I mean, but I think you you do Russell Wilson a disservice to the things that he's been able to overcome and excel at. And then you do, do Kyler a disservice because he's an anomaly, you know, he's an outlier in my opinion. And so you want to, you want to fit certain guys in certain molds. And it just, that's the, we in the quarterback world, we've lived in that so long that that's what prevented us from finding talents like Kyler Murray in the past. You know what I mean? Like saying he doesn't look like anyone yeah. else.
0: And so therefore he can't play right. because I mean, he's just not six, three. Right.
1: If, if, Flutie lived nowadays. I mean, he lives now. What <laughs> yeah. I'm saying, if he played, if Flutie were alive, <laughs> if he played
0: nowadays, we'd be having the same comp, right? Yeah, you know,
1: very Flutie was unbelievable. Yeah,
0: unbelievable. I remember watching him with the Bills. I, he actually came into Charlotte when I was living down there uh-huh. uh, for a Monday night or Sunday night game. Sun, no, it was one of the Sunday or Monday night games, and to watch him in person, run around and just sling it. Right, right. I mean, shrimpy little guy. Right. Five foot yeah, seven? Five, I don't know.
1: Five nine? Ridiculous. Man, I don't know. Yeah, something Just, like that. But but you want to squint and do you want to squint and see Russell Wilson? Or do you want to squint and see Johnny Manziel and Kyler because you very easily could.
0: Well, Manziel you know? is a complicating one because of the off the field stuff. Correct. See, I kind of thought Baker Mayfield had a lot of Johnny in him. Way way. But different. didn't. Yeah.
1: And Johnny grew up never needed anything. Son of oil, wealthy, wolf. yeah. I mean, and, and let's, Baker's not struggling. You know, he he, right. he he afforded to go to, you know, walk on at. But Baker,
0: school. you said Baker had his adversity. Yeah, he bet know. on
1: himself twice. Right. Right. And and that is, I when he did that, when I, I just said, you know what, I'm not doubting this guy because being able to control the locker room, being able to have guys buy in, but also having confidence in yourself says a lot. Right,
0: it's just, especially when you've had setbacks. Right, and and swagger is easy to fake. Yep, and anyone can have it, but you've got to back it up with making the throws. Yes, Baker Mayfield makes throws. Yep. he has made those. throws as a rookie. Where yep. you go, wow!
1: And they and and any undersized quarterback just look at their mechanics. There, there's a certain way that they throw the football, and if it fits, then I don't worry about them. Meaning, right. do the, any any young kid, if they lift the ball they're kind of pushing it but if a kid can stroke it right like you see any other like
0: taking a ball back if he can have that with hand size yeah i don't worry about it but what's weird is that some quarterbacks i mean Philip Rivers obviously is incredible probably a hall of Famer. Yep. he looks like he pushes it he does i have no idea how he can play
1: in the nfl with his motion right when you slow it down he does he has a little backstroke right but his elbow if you the rule is your elbow's got to get at least even he gets it right. Even with your shoulder? Even with your shoulder. Okay. His elbow is slightly <laughs> above there.
0: And I love It st- works, yeah. by the way. I mean, I love the whole package of Philip Rivers. Yes. He's one of my favorite players. Yes.
1: And I love the story that he tells on why he throws the way he throws. He says. Well, what was the story? I was a son of a football coach. So the ball bag is always laying there. And I'm five years old. Only way I know how to throw is a certain way, right? So then I,
0: I throw and I throw and I throw. And that, meaning he was throwing—he was throwing the big full-size all, footballs yeah. as a little kid, yeah. and so the only way he could do that was to kind of yeah. lift it, Yeah. push it, push it. Yeah, <laughs> it's so a funny. great article. I think it's
1: an SI for a while. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I read that article. I was like, "That's awesome." But again, Philip Rivers is not Philip Rivers because he shot puts the ball. He's Philip Rivers because he's the son of a football coach, and he—that's his
0: yeah. osmosis. I don't have any data on this, but it seems anecdotally. We're getting fewer and fewer egregious mistakes mm-hmm. in the NFL yeah. draft at quarterback. We're yeah. we're 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 not going to have I don't think another Ryan Leaf. We're mm-hmm. not going to have another um, the Raiders guy that was Miranda out of Bench. another Miranda out of LSU. Oh, Russell, Jamarcus, Russell. yeah, Jamarcus Russell. Mm-hmm. I think it seems that way, but I don't know. We'll see how this last year's class pans out. And they didn't really have a great year. The four of them, right? But are we getting better at the state of the art, Paul? Of figuring out, yes, this guy can play in the pros. This guy can't. I think, obviously, I think,
1: not to toot our own horn, but I think the development of quarterback play has gotten better from the high school ages up into college and then from college now you're dealing with coaches in the NFL who are willing to buy into the schemes and mold and and hey i'm not we're not going to be under center running seven
0: step only right yeah.
1: i'll work with you right because right. now my job's on the line we'll right? run read option yeah. we'll
0: run rpo's right. which is different than read option yes. i understand yes and do stuff you're already comfortable doing because you did it in high school and in college correct and we're not
1: going to force a square peg in a round hole but those two guys, uh, Jermarcus Russell and Ryan Leaf, you could argue that those were just bad scouting where you got enamored by size, arm
0: strength, and all that. Thi- you didn't really find out who these kids were. No. no,
1: and and neither of them
0: probably struggled,
1: right? Right. And when they did, they were doing syrup <laughs> and whatever else. <laughs> <they're syrup>. <laughs> right. And
0: Ryan Leaf was getting drunk somewhere. Right. But, yeah. Um, it's just fascinating to me every year, Paul, that all these people, smart people, yourself people smarter than you if that exists uh nfl guys personnel guys tape film interviews you just don't know you just don't know until that kid starts throwing on sundays in the nfl
1: and yeah you don't know and anybody that says they do they're lying they're lying
0: they have a good guess this is one of the great mysteries and and what's one of the biggest thing that What is one of the biggest things that you think throws young quarterbacks for a loop when they get to the pros that really messes them up like, oh, my God, I can't believe how it is up
1: here? Right. I think it's probably the day-to-day grind. Like, Tuesday's players day off. It ain't your day off. You know what (laughs) I mean?
0: You're coming in, you're watching film, you're talking to coaches. And it's probably
1: the verbiage, too, owning a playbook, I think. Those are the two big things that when I when like Deshaun Watson comes back and talks and he says, yeah, those are those what sticks out. You know, it. it's week 12 and I'm still feeling like it's, you know, I've got to prep the same and not just roll out the same game plan, game script. And, and you know, because in college, everything's pretty easy for those guys. Really? Yeah.
0: Like those so? guys
1: like Deshaun Watson. I mean, they just it's
0: we have better because d- they we have better
1: have... dudes than you do. Right, right. So Deshaun Clemson Watson has, at Clemson right.
0: had, let's call it, three red alert games a year. Correct. Where he had to be on point because, okay, we could lose these games. Right, right. Every other game. Right. And They're not losing if he shows up drunk. Right? Yeah, right. Right. And but I, in the pros, in the it's pros, 16 yes. in a row. Yep. It's 16 in a row, and it's everybody's good. And even worse, when you're a quarterback drafted high, you're by definition on a bad team. Bad team, team yeah. And so now you've got 16 games that are even super hard because right. your
1: team's not good. Yeah, and I think that's what we always talk about. We, we get together when we're, we're hanging out. You know, Jordan, Palmer, Trent, and the other coaches that get to prep these guys, they just say it's not about how high you go. It's about fit. That's right. Jordan was so excited when Deshaun went to Houston because he had Bill O'Brien, you know. Um, it's, it's why you worried for golf for a year because he was in – Fisher's offense, and then thank God McVay came in. There, yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, golf was looking like a bust. Trubisky has Matt Nagy. I mean. Right. Trubisky's not. Great. Great. But, yet. But yet. Maybe he will be. Maybe. But he thank got the God right Matt Nagy came in. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so exactly. it's all about fit. And they, that's where we went back to original talking about Murray. If, if your fit is Arizona, the best fit, that's where he probably would fit the best. But yeah. the crazy thing is it's, they might be their number one. So,
0: All right. For more information on Elite 11 quarterback competition, yeah. where should people go? Uh, we, you can go to Elite11.com, okay. uh,
1: search it on Twitter and Instagram. And then, you know, every year we have a, a show, a documentary on NFL Network. So you can go on YouTube and check that out. Um, and what's
0: the documentary about just the kids that come through
1: a lot of times it's, it's different every year a lot of times they focus on the journey up to where we focus on five kids that they feel have great backstories it's a TV show so we gotta you know we gotta sell it to advertisers but for the most part they do a good job of explaining the uh, the role of the coaches and the players and in the journey through the springtime which is now all the way into June and July when the final competition is. and Trent Dilfer is. Yep. He's our head football – he's our head of Elite 11 in terms of head coach.
0: Okay. Um, Does he own the enterprise? No. Okay.
1: No. Uh, but he's a- he's Barton. kind of the CEO of yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, he he's he is, been that
0: since how long?
1: I came on in uh, 2013. He was doing it two, – so 2011, he's been the head coach. Okay. So he's had a lot of classes. Um, like Jared Goff was his first year as the
0: head coach. So okay. So Jared
1: Goff was 18 years old and – and now it's Trent's first year as head coach. So it's all
0: full circle now. And Trent has now taken a job yeah. at a high school in Tennessee, mm-hmm. Catholic high school. It was There's a long feature on him that I saw in, in my USA Twitter 80, timeline. Yeah. I bookmarked it, Paul, and yeah. I'm like, I'm going to come back and yeah. read that. Yeah, It's interesting because Trent Dilfer, Super Bowl winning quarterback, ESPN television personality. Correct. You wouldn't think he would go take a job at a otherwise nondescript high school yeah. in Tennessee, but he has. And not to speak for him, right. but what's, well, you know, what's the answer to after that? After
1: being around him for seven years, I look at him as a, a really a, a mentor, right, as a, as a husband, as a father. I look up to him a lot, and I talk to him, and we all do as young, young coaches, young, young men. It didn't surprise any of us because you can only get that, that head coach vibe from just quarterbacks at a camp for three months out of the year. He truly is a football junkie, but he wants to make an impact on young men. Most importantly, and so to, to to use his platform bigger, he needed to be a head coach of a team, and he prayed about it. And you know, he thought he had some college jobs, and they didn't work out. Um, he turned some down; they didn't work out. It, but this is his. This is I really think this is going to be his wheelhouse because he does a great job of having people own what they need to own within an organization but right. being responsible and leading people in the right direction um, not always agreeing right there's been some great great shouting matches among coaches with Trent but he needs to lead men yeah based off of what God has put in his life and and how he has equipped Trent to do that that's
0: his calling well that's going to be fun to watch yeah. I don't even have enough time today Paul to get into the whole national program level of high school yeah high schools yeah. like i had no idea till i sat down and talked with you about how there are high schools in the country that play a national schedule yep. of four five games yep. on top of their regular league schedule correct I mean, Especially especially yeah especially in the wcac here in town I right mean,
1: those schools are all sponsored by big shoe companies um and they are having some, they have the best athletes at playing football in the area. Some kids move in from out of state. I mean, St. John's quarterback is from Hawaii,
0: so that's crazy. <laughs> you know? Um, Poor kid went yeah. from Hawaii to yeah. DC as we sit on yeah. one of the gloomiest, grayest, yeah. wettest, horrible
1: March days ever. Yeah. And my, <laughs> buddy is the re- my buddy, Drew Amave, is the reason why he's here because Drew Amave is the quarterback coach of St. John's and he can tell the kid hey, just move. If you're willing to move, we'll play a national schedule and get more exposure. And yeah. um, it's a it's crazy. I don't know exactly where I stand on it because
0: I still like kids to be kids. I was going to say, at what point does it become unhealthy? It's almost quasi-professionalized. Yeah,
1: I think it's unhealthy for the people coaching because, you know, when I'm coaching a kid at John Champ, I'm not worried about getting fired because we don't win, you know, the next game. Right. Now in Texas and Florida and those kind of places, that's big, big business. Oh, yeah. It means it means a lot. I'm not saying that that's. I would love that pressure, the, honestly. The Friday Night Lights syndrome. Yeah. Hey, coach, yeah. we're going
0: to state this year. Yeah. Hey, coach, we're going to state this year. Texas forever.
1: <laughs> um, exactly. But there's there's a, you know, it, it, amateur athletics is, depending on where you look at the transfer role in NCAA or yeah, you know,
0: sponsorships of high school –
1: it's it's great. It's, it, it's, it's
0: big because it matters to people. It's big because the kids and the parents are passionate about it. Yep. And there is big money in professional sports. Correct. So it just it's a it, no one's forcing this on anybody. That's Correct. the one thing you always have to remember is that you know these kids they love the game, they mm-hmm. love competing and they want to be great and so there's finding ways to give them that Platform yeah, to, and if they're
1: exposing themselves, exposing—I'm uh, sorry—exposing sorry, exposing <laughs> them, to, exposing their talents. You know, yeah, if they're exposing these kids to something they've never experienced, I—I'm all for that and getting them out of their comfort zone and in, like, traveling yeah. to go play another right. team from
0: the Chicago yeah. area. Yep. getting on a plane, mm. dressing up, learning yep. how to behave, yep. seeing another part of the country. A lot of these kids have yep. never been on an airplane nope. before.
1: Nope, and it's crazy that they're doing it at a high school level with the national schedule. But right. as long as kids are not being used, then I'm a, I'm all for it. But it, it gets a little gray area when we start bringing shoe companies involved and all yeah, that. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. think the the goal is to try and to grow the sport most importantly, and then create a, a culture that you know you're not putting your identity in this one thing. Right. You know.
0: All right, I got a Redskin question for you. Oh. My, right. my, my strategy as just a guy on the couch with a big mouth and a radio show is to take our lumps this year, mm-hmm. roll Colt McCoy out as our starter, get what I call mystery meat as a backup. Right. Something along the lines of a Brock Osweiler. Right. And if we win four games, so be it. Correct. I want to I work through what is essentially going to be a, a year of recovery on the Alex Smith money. Correct. And Alex Smith's injury is horrible, and yeah. everyone feels terrible yeah. for him. And then start fishing for the big fish Correct. that are coming there in are the form of Tua, Jake Fromm, Trevor Lawrence. Two years from now, Trevor Lawrence. And you told me <laughs> another kid who just transferred yeah.
1: Justin Fields. He Justin
0: eat. Fields
1: is the real deal, you say. Yeah. Now, people are going to argue well, he couldn't beat out Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm is the real deal, too. You have to understand the situation where Kirby Smart's sitting, I'm trying to win a national championship, and I got a kid that just almost did it for me the year before. Justin Fields is, is better than Kyler Murray. Wow. That's my opinion. Wow. He is better than Kyler
0: Murray. So for so, my Redskin fans who are saying to me, I don't like your strategy. Yeah. Who knows if we're gonna get Tua? Because I used to just say tank for Tua. Yeah. And, and I said, but there's more than that out there. Yep. And and this year's class, maybe it'll turn out pretty good. Yeah. But the big fish yeah. that you know about yeah. and see, and you coached yeah. Tua yeah. at the Elite Eleven. Yeah. And you speak and, and, the and world of him I speak as a the world person. Of him because
1: he, he is he is a greatest he is a he's a great human and he is Tim Tebow who can actually play quarterback and own a franchise, and if anything that this franchise needs, this needs an identity jolt. Oh, sure, yeah. You know, like, who is the the face of our franchise? So that's the kind of kid you want. I would argue that, you know, Dwayne Haskins would accept that real quickly. He wants to be the face of our franchise. But if you look at it from your standpoint, who's to say that the kid you get in the third and fourth round is not – Dak Prescott, by the middle of the season. Meaning, somebody gets hurt, we're down, we, we get a couple of good free agents, and this kid just comes in and plays. That could be... A third-round hit. Yeah, Will a second Greer, round hit. Finley, Jones, okay. whoever. But it's not, it's not a reach to say what you're saying. It's just not popular, and it's not flashy. But yeah. I, uh, there's a team that's won six Super Bowls that's done it non-flashy. So, I yeah. I seem to think they know what they're doing, and, and that's, that's where player development is lacking in the league and you need to have a lot of players to
0: develop. All right. When is the uh, elite 11 this summer?
1: So right now we're in the thick of it. We have regionals going on tomorrow. We have our regional in Dallas. Um, we'll go around the country. I know our regional uh, for Washington DC is going to be at the St. James in Springfield yep. um, middle of April. I don't know the exact date. Um, and then the, after those fifteen regionals, we'll have a list of guys that we have invited to the finals, and that'll be twenty-four guys. And then we'll be out at Jerry's World and having a big week-long competition to see who's the eleven, twelve.
0: And right. <laughs> and what? And what? Uh, what part? What t- uh, time of year? Uh, it'll be uh, the July? last
1: week of June this okay, year. Okay, last week of June. And then you can anticipate that on TV. They tape they used, they used to ESPN used to ESPN cut back, so okay. we, we, we lost it. <laughs> but the documentary comes out in September, and uh, social media—you can follow it all the time. And um, there's we have a great social media uh, group there, Student Sports, and they pump out content left and right.
0: All right, if you need a slappy to maybe inflate the balls, yeah, shag balls, yeah.
1: you know, get coffee,
0: yeah. I will make myself available. Yeah, you know, I'm sounds telling, like fun. It's like watching that. I mean, it's like you literally are standing. And it you're is like, kind of cool to think. Dude, There's a really good chance at least three, four, five, six of these guys are going to be playing on my television on Sundays in a couple of years. It's yep, that's the coolest thing about
1: it, and it's so cool to see it happen right now because these were a lot of these kids were my first two years on the circuit, and now they're now they're popping. yeah, Yeah, now they're popping. Coach Troth. It was, yeah, so much fun. Oh man, I
0: enjoyed it. Thank you for, you for your time. Me. For people that want to reach out to you, do you have an email? Maybe
1: yeah. So uh, I run a, my my quarterback company is called QB Invictus, okay. and uh, my name on the internet. Just Google it; that's the easiest. Paul thing. Troth,
0: T R O T H. Yep. Just Google up East Carolina Pirate highlights. Yeah. Circa 1990. No, 2002. 2002.
1: <laughs> Lots of interceptions on that highlight. Hey, Backed man. up David Garrard.
0: You're you willing to take risks, though. I will say, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Backed up Garrard. Yeah. Nice. He's another great human. And you didn't make the league because of why? Um, politics. Just say politics. I joked a- that to all my ex-athlete friends. Like, just go ahead and say it was politics, man. You had the talent to be in the yeah, pros. Yeah, no, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't get it done. <laughs> all right, man good to talk. Thanks man. Thanks Steve. Let's end on this today. You will not believe who is a paid subscriber to my podcast. You will not believe it. This, when I found this out, it floored me. I said, what? That's crazy. Ooh, 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 Zabe, can I guess? Is it, is it the head of ESPN? They want to Hire you away on a multi, multi-million multi dollar contract? No, I, I wish. That'd be nice. No, I found out <laughs> over the weekend that my mom is a paid subscriber to the ZapeCast. Totally without me finding out about it. I, I'm not sitting there watching the signups come in going, hey, that credit card number looks familiar. Or that name... Well, ma, ma, what are you doing in here? <laughs> it's not enough for mom to just listen to the, the free portion. My mom has given me $5 a month. So for all of you out there that listen to the free version and they go, oh, I can't afford five bucks a month. Hey man, my mom is paying five bucks a month. Yeah, no family discount there. Well, there's no family discount when my mom doesn't ask for one. I would have hooked her up with one. Shh, I want that five bucks. I'm getting my inheritance from my mom and dad. Knock on wood, may that not be for another 50 years. I'm getting my inheritance $5 at a time every month. So if you're listening right now, Ma, thank you for subscribing. I will try to keep my hottie mouth in check now this is gonna really get into my head thinking you know your mom's listening to all this shit <laughs> i love my mom she's the best and my dad my dad listens as well god bless them. They finally got some warm weather in arizona thank god for that all right that'll do it for today download subscribe like mama comment and like tell a couple of friends get the zabe cast app Premium can be had, zave.com slash premium. Podcasts are the future. They're like Netflix for your ears. Email me with topics and suggestions at zabeatyahoo.com. Now, go forth and prosper, and we will see you next time.
1: com.